Hello, and welcome to Critical Conversations. I'm your host, Carissa Dean, and today we have a very special guest. This woman um, is someone I met a little over a year ago, and I have been following along on her journey as she has come onto the online space and really opened herself to creating business the same, but different. Um, so I have Donna Marie here today, and I want to let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit more about who she is. Thank you so much, Carissa. It's so fun to be here with you. I think as soon as I heard you were doing a podcast, I was so excited about it. So thank you for that beautiful introduction. I have worked with people for a long time in the coaching space. I think like a lot of people, it's been very difficult to pinpoint and give myself a title. So I don't actually do that. But I work with people that are kind of at the intersection between valuing having a significantly beautiful life, like beautiful relationships, abundance in wealth, abundance in relationships, abundance in love, abundance in energy, just that space at the same time as making a lot of money. And so what I really help people do is create an experience for themselves where they realize themselves as the creator of their own life. And from that place, know themselves so deeply that whatever they create is, is sustainable. And I think we're really going to get into what that actually means later on, but it's a, it's a beautiful trajectory. I think there's a lot of people that I started working with that have reached a certain point of success in their lives. And then suddenly they're like, oh my goodness, Dana, I thought this was it. Like I thought once I got here, it would be it but there's still an emptiness. I still don't have the relationship that I hope for in whatever way, right? The friendships or romantic relationships or relationship with their children. And so I really work with people in, in helping them remember who they are is, is what I would say. Yeah, I love that. Okay. I lost you for a second, but I think you're back. Um, yeah. Okay. So really what you're, what you're talking about is really helping people know themselves, discover who they are and really come full circle with what it is that I'm bringing forth into the world. Right. So mm -hmm. when we're talking about you doing this internal work, what are the things that are most bothersome to you when your clients are coming to you or just as you're, you know, going through your day to day, what are you noticing? When you say most bothersome to me, as in what things come up or what things come up for my clients? Yeah. Like what's the pain point? You know, what is it that you're like, oh man, if I could just stick the key in and unlock this for mm. you, this would be oh. the thing. I really love this question. It started actually when I started to realize that any dream or any vision that any of my clients would come to me and they would be like, all right, Dana, this is what I want to do. I never questioned it. Like there wasn't an ounce of doubt in my body that they could achieve it and that they could create that. What I started to realize though, is that with my own dreams and my own kind of projections of what I wanted to create in the world, there was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of questioning. There was a lot of that stuff. And so I started to really dig deep and I would realize actually a lot of the work that I'm doing is having them believe themselves that they can do it. And we all tend to have this thing where we see in other people that everyone can do it. And when it comes to ourselves, it's like, oh, but I can't because of this and because of that. And I had to experience this and I lived through that. And now I can't, now I'm too young, now I'm too old. And it's the whole thing. And so since coming into that, that realization, 
the work that I do and that I strive for every single day that I pour my heart and soul into is having, like I said before, people remember who the F they are. Can we swear on this podcast? Please fucking do. Okay. So it's like having people remember who the fuck they are, because when you know who you are truly, when you know what you're about, and it's not like the labels you give yourself. I'm talking at a really, really, really deep level. When you know who you are, life changes. What you create changes. The boundaries change. The, the conversations you have change. The, the conversations you allow on your table change. Everything shifts. And so for me, like what I feel is like, oh, if only you could see. It's like if only you could see everything that you are. If only you could see it. That's, that would be it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, and that's like the, the coolest part about, I feel like the coaching industry in general is a good coach is really going to be that person who's just reflecting and holding up that mirror so that we are helping them unlock it for themselves. Right. Because it's Mm. like, you can sit here and tell people you're amazing, go forth. But until they like hold that belief for themselves when they're alone, it's really challenging to find that belief in yourself. So my question is, where do we get lost? Oh, that's a big question. I would say, honestly, we get lost the moment we disconnect from our intuition, like our own, our own internal power, our own personal power. The moment we start to feel like our parents have the answer, our siblings have the answer, our friends have the answer, our teachers have the answer, then our professors have the answer, and then our bosses have the answer, and then the government has the answer, or the conspiracy theorist has the answer. The minute we forget that that personal power, the personal knowing is when we start to get lost. It's just a disconnect. That's Mm. all it is. It's a disconnect. And it happens to every single one of us because in the way that we're brought up, it happens. It happens. We're, we're taught to like look outside of ourselves. And then the validation we get from looking outside of ourselves, the good girl, the good boy, that you've got this, the wow, you're the best in your class, or wow, next time you can do better. It's this external, external experience constantly. And I think that's really where the disconnect happens, right at, at the core of those looking for something outside of us and the, um, the push really that we have to do that. Because it, it helps us up to a certain degree. Like that's also really necessary. But there is no equivalent, like there's no balance in also honing in and being and, and reconnecting with ourselves. No one ever really teaches that as we grow up. They sure do not. No, they definitely <laughs> do not. And you grew up, I mean, I don't know if you mentioned this. I don't think you did. You're in Australia and you're born and raised there, correct? No. So yeah. I yeah. was so yeah, I wasn't born in Australia, but I live in Australia in Sydney. Okay, yeah. okay. Where were you born? I was born in, in Colombia, in Bogota, in the capital. With um, okay. my mom's very Colombian, and my dad is very—he's British Iraqi, um, Iraqi but British born. So it's a whole mix. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So yeah. you, so even as somebody, right? Like, I'm in America. I think a lot of my listeners are in America, and so even hearing that being in a different country doesn't mean that it's better somewhere else. Like we're all searching for that. Like who, who are we? And there's all these voices, right. That are coming in and telling us who to be. And I know for myself, the, the thing that I've had to overcome to claim my personal power was that 
good girl. Um, mm. I was always just, you know, playing it safe to be the good girl, you know, not to ruffle any feathers, like don't rock the boat. So can you tell us what it was for you, um, a significant point where you know, okay, this is the thing that helped me call back my personal power? Oh, absolutely. I think for me, it would have been needing to feel unique. Because remember, I grew up in Australia, but I came when I was quite young. And there's a bit of a backstory, but it's very relevant to the question. And I grew up in a very multicultural household. We would speak about all the things that usually you're like, no, you don't speak about it because people fight. We spoke about everything except money, essentially, in, in my household. And um, it was a very, very interesting world because outside of my house, everyone was very different to me. And for a long time, I think as a little kid, you would see that as like, oh, you're an outsider. But for something, I think this was my my mother's influence, to be honest. She's a lioness woman. And I, I always was very, very self-assured. And I think in that self-assuredness, I decided that my my power in school would come from being unique. What happened was that really served me in school. It really served me in school the same way that being a good girl would have really served you growing up right? It was like, Dana, she's this and she's that and she's always different. And of course, Dana would do that. And anyone who wants to be unique would love to hear, of course, Dana would do that. Like who else, right? So that really, really served me growing up. Years later, suddenly I'm an, a young adult and you start to go to university and, and it's not like in your classroom where everyone's different. University, you're starting to like all herd in the same direction, right? Whatever you're studying, everyone else around you is studying. And so the uniqueness yeah. factor started to drop. And people I, in my school, when I was, I, I moved around a ton and every school I went to, I was always the new kid, the one that traveled, the one that had been to, I don't know how many places. And suddenly at uni, it's everyone and everyone has a really similar story in their uniqueness. And so I remember starting to feel really like, oh my goodness. And I think that's where my relationship with the feminine really collapsed. And that's where my relationship with myself kind of started to not break down, but I, I started to force my way in the world. And so I would say that it was like wanting to be unique that really, really got it. And it, it took me years. And I think it was only, you know, in, in the last few years, since maybe about 2018, that everything changed for me. Because for sure, there was a long time where I felt like, oh, my goodness, this can't work. And around 2018, I started my coaching business. And so suddenly, everyone is also doing what I was doing. The uniqueness factor was dropping. I was like, oh, my goodness, if, if, if you win, it means I can't win. If I win, it means you can't win. Like there was all of that stuff and so there was a lot of healing um that I went through but I would say to answer your question my thing would have been like being the unique one and that was powerful until it wasn't and when it wasn't it was it was not easy and how is that playing for you right now you know in in an industry where we're we're constantly inundated with a new coach a new mm -hmm. method do it this way do your sales that way, you know, you have to niche down, you have, you know, how is this being unique? How does it serve you now? Uh, interesting. I, I think I've done a lot of healing around this. It was actually why I started to coach women because I did a whole bunch of healing through so many different things, a, a lot of just different ceremonies, a lot of really, really deep initiations, a lot of journeys, a lot of expeditions. Like I, it was a really beautiful kind of five-year story for me that changed everything. When I first started coaching, I was coaching only men. And at the time it was because I genuinely saw a gap in the market. But if I'm really honest with myself, I think I also didn't have it in me to be faced with really powerful women at the same time. 
And when I really, like, mm -hmm. I, I only really started to own that this year for myself. Like it was healed so much that I could say that and have that be a part of my story without it needing to mean anything about me. And so the, the uniqueness factor I now see, we're all equally unique. Even if you and I try to do the exact same thing, if you and I hosted the exact same program, said the exact same words, used the exact same everything, it would be different because we all have an energetic signature that can never be replicated. We all have a story that can never be replicated. And when I started to see like, oh, in order for me to be unique, it doesn't mean that any, no one else can be. Rather, we all have that. And the more authentic and the more I am present to myself, the more I heal whatever wounds I have, the more I can connect with sisters and the more I can connect with, with the feminine and the more I can just marry everything in my life together and have it be like one whole messy thing, the way we are as women, as opposed to, well, there's this and there's this and there's this, you know? And so I really think that I've healed that. <sighs> and, and I think that's part of the work I do with coaches now is having them see it's okay if Betty and Jesse and Ben are doing it. You have something that only you can do. And so that's, that's, that's a deep part of my work at the moment as well. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and I think that, you know, being unique in this industry is challenging because it's very easy to get caught up in in the storyline of oh but this is how so and so did it and look how successful they are and so i'm curious you know when you made the comment i wasn't prepared to be faced with powerful women i'm i'm wondering you know what your thoughts are because this the, this concept really goes back to what we were saying, what you were saying at the beginning, which is, you know, getting that outside information. And so how is it that Donna keeps her blinders on to not get those outside influences as she mm. moves forward and as you came onto that online space? Yeah. So, uh, for context, I brought my coaching, uh, kind of business online on the 31st of Jan this year. And the way I did it, it took me a minute. I, I definitely went down the bush, the wrong bush track is how I like to call it. And I was like, oh, wait, this isn't for me. And I had to kind of come back. But it's beautiful because this leads us to the first thing we were saying. It's about remembering who you are. And when you know who you are, there's an internal wisdom that whether you have practiced it, whether people tell you you have it, whether you don't. It's like gravity. It exists whether you believe it does or it doesn't. It's there. And the way I see it, Carissa, is like if you've ever had a job, right, that you knew it just, it was complete. There was no reason for you to be there anymore. You no longer wanted to be there. You just felt in your body like I'm done. Like I, I just know I don't want to be back here next month or next year or whatever. Like there's just a knowing in your body, you know. And it's the same thing for when you're doing yep. anything in life. Your body knows. It works in relationships as well. You, you can try and convince yourself, oh, but this person and oh, our whole story. And, uh, but you know, your body knows and you can convince yourself up until a point where it's going to cave in, whether because you take action or because you either get fired or the other person breaks up with you. But when the, when the thing is complete, when it's not meant for you, there is an internal knowing, you have an internal navigating system that if you're in tune with, will show you. And that happened to me and it might've happened to you where you start seeing something and you're like, that's really, I love the structure of that. I'm going to implement it because there's also a lot of power in that, seeing what's working and implementing it for yourself. And there are many things that I've dropped along the way. And there are some things that I've also kept and made it my own. So I think it's, yeah, really knowing who you are, what you're about, what you like, what you don't like, and, and going all in on that and always having, giving yourself access to change as you, as you move, to grow as you move, to evolve as you move, you know? Yeah, 
I love this. And I, and I fully agree with you. I, this is got me excited about this next question. So when we're talking about, you know, trying things, right? Because I think, I think there's this weird in between spot where we get stuck because we don't want to copy. Right. But it's like, if it's working for them, why couldn't it work for me? And if you have that belief of like, energetically, like you and I are very similar, but the way that you're going to say something is going to resonate differently, even if we're saying the same thing. Right. And so Mm -hmm. tell us, tell me what your thoughts are when you're saying, you know, I take pieces that look like, Oh, that's a cool system, or I'm going to try this. Tell me what, what your process is for. Okay. I tried this and it didn't work. As in what I do once it's once I realize ah this isn't for me. I think one of my superpowers yeah. is in being able to just let it like I don't make it mean anything. You know? It's kind of like when you pick up a, a ripe fruit, you're you're in the you're in the grocery store and you're or at the markets and you're picking up different fruits and you pick up an avocado and you're like, Oh, this isn't ripe enough for me and you put it down. You don't make the avocado wrong. You don't make yourself silly for having picked the wrong avocado. You just allow it you know and I think that's something that I'm actually very good at I'm very good at never holding kind of like grudges or resentment whether it's to other people or to myself just allow it not for me you move on not for me you move on and actually you're I never see it as like you're losing something but actually I'm gaining access to something else you know but it it took me Mm. a long time to learn this as well it really it took me a while yeah and I think that for most people, that's the hardest piece is they hold on to, oh, but I spent so much money or so much time or so much energy. You know, it's like I have, I've gone to the store before and I walk in and I'm not really sure why I'm there. Right. But I'm like, I'm here. You wander around. Do you have a hard time leaving? Well, they're there are versions of me that would have a hard time leaving empty handed, right? Walking into Mm. a store, having an intention of like shopping. Right. And so tell me, you know, when you say it's your superpower to not make it mean anything, to not like give away your power to that situation. Right. I mean, I think I know I can resonate with versions of myself where I may have bought something or said something or done something because I felt obligated. So let's talk about the obligation that you see or help you. How do you help your clients move through that? Mm. So there's two things. Honestly, I think I really filter out this idea of feeling people feeling obligated when it comes to my work. But I have also very much been there and I have been there based on the selling style right? On someone's selling style where they really use psychological triggers and they use all of they know about like sales 101, especially the way it used to be. And and they're talking to your pain points, which is actually very effective marketing. They're talking to your pain points and you're like, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I'm sold. And then sometimes the product actually isn't what you need it to be, but because you thought it was, you're like in. And then once you're in, it's like, well, I'm in and it didn't work for me. And then you hold all of this stuff. Like I have definitely spent a quite a bit of cash on those types of investments especially very early on in my journey and i think it comes from such an innocent place and so the first thing that i would recommend is see your innocence in that and see the beautiful intention you had and the power you had where you wanted to lean in and really work on something for yourself i think that's extraordinary so the first thing in that scenario is to celebrate who you were for yourself in that moment 
Mm. And someone's actions are not consequent to what you and how you decide to move in the world. Like they're two different things. And so the first thing is like being really grounded in reality. And the reality is you genuinely thought you were doing the best thing for yourself. You didn't say, I'm taking this out of the house deposit I have to put into this, though I know it's not going to work. Like you never said that. So getting clear and getting real with yourself. And then the second thing that I, I really worked on is recognizing that the bad investments have been just as valuable as the good ones for me in my life. Mm. They have taught me, and, and I think people hear this, you know, where you, you hear they've taught me exactly what I don't want to do. And we, I think, severely underestimate how important it is for us as business owners, especially as service providers, to know what we don't want to do. It has made my boundaries so much better or so much firmer, I should say. It has made the, the, the customer experience like for my clients so much better as well. I have been able to be more lenient in moments where I really felt like I wanted more leniency and genuine, you know, it's just been, yes, just recognizing that the bad, quote unquote, bad investments have been just as valuable as the good ones and trusting yourself to know and to pick up the lessons along the way, recognizing that when you know what not to do, like it it doesn't, it doesn't mean you wasted anything on the contrary. I really think it it comes down to the way we see it, the way we tell ourselves the story about us. If you think you've invested in something poorly and you don't have a good conception of self, you have no sense of self, strong sense of self, it's going to come back to, I knew I shouldn't have invested in that. I'm so silly. I'm so stupid. I should have known better. I keep being told I shouldn't have done that. And then the story you're reaffirming for yourself isn't one where it's like, no, my God, I feel like I've been, I've just went down on this doozy trip that I didn't expect. (laughs) So what? Like I chose myself and I had no, I had no like, um, I don't want to say power, but I had no control over what would be delivered. And now that I know what is delivered, I now know better questions to ask next time. I now know like, hey, what what does it work? I can ask questions that I wouldn't have had present before. So yeah. I, I would say that's a really great way to navigate that. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like there's the other coin of that where it's like taking the responsibility for it and not also projecting the blame of like, oh, well, how dare they? It's like, <laughs> good on them. I bought it. So I guess they're doing something smart. So maybe I should pay attention to that. And like, where can I duplicate that in my business? Because obviously if I bought it, you know, so I think that there's a piece of it too, when you're building a business, it doesn't matter what it is. Understanding that there really is no good or bad. It really is. What am I choosing to hold to in this storyline? Like, am I going to choose the storyline of how bad they are or how bad I am? Or am I going to be like, okay, what is every little nugget I can take away from this? Like how can this impact my story in a really powerful way? Excuse me. So I love that you said that. I just want to say, I love that you said that because that's a really, really, really important distinction in all of that. It's not ever about making the other person wrong or having them be the villain in your story, because then that's a whole other way that you're giving power away. It's just about you recognizing, again, you picked up the ripe avocado. This is too ripe or this is not ripe enough for me. I'm putting it down. You live, you learn. You're able to discern, you know, what color avocado you're after next. And I think that's it. Just constantly honing in and bringing back your power as opposed to giving it away. Yeah, exactly. So this brings me to my next question, which is, you know, I mean, if we're, if we use this avocado analogy and, and I've had, (laughs) let me tell you, I have bought many terrible 
fruits because none of them were right, but I was like so convinced I needed it that I just, okay, I'm going to buy it anyways, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, there's not one good avocado, but damn, and I came here for an avocado. I needed an avocado kind of a thing. So I think, I think the piece, you know, that I'd like to, you know, wrap this all in a beautiful bow with. And, and I think also as a sideway, which will bring it back to the question, you know, one of the things I really appreciated about you was the way in which we connected, you exuded such confidence. And Mm -hmm. I was really attracted to that because when we met, I was in, um, in a transition of working for a company and then choosing to step out on my own. And I have like this past life, heavy, heavy stuff around, this fear of doing it alone and this like lack of confidence that I could do it. Right. And so it was really attractive to me, the way in which not only you approached me, but the way that you held conversation with me. And so I think, you know, bringing it back to the avocado, the question I have is, are we talking about confidence in this? Because I think when I think about younger versions of me, I can set the avocado down now. Mm. But there's a big version of me that wouldn't have been able to do that. And I think for me, we're talking about confidence. So what are your thoughts? Are we talking about confidence? I think a part of it is confidence, but I also think it depends on what people mean when they say confidence. One of the greatest things I ever learned about confidence is that confidence is a result. It's not a requirement. Mm. Say that again. That confidence is a result and not a requirement. Okay. Tell us more. So it's about recognizing that the more you do the thing, the more confident you become, right? If you, the more, the more you're trying to pick out the avocados, the more confident you become where you can literally dash in and out. Now, you know, you're getting an avocado. Yep. This is it. And you run versus like asking, wait, is this the right one? Which one would you choose? You know, or the same thing about anything, anything, tying our shoelaces, making dinner, you know, using a new laundry machine, whatever, washing machine, like all of these things, the more we do it, the more confidence we have in like this, 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 you know, and it's the same thing for life. That really changed my, that was one of the things that really, I started to embody a different version of me, a different version of Dana was when I realized that Dana confidence is a, is a result, not a requirement. You don't need to feel confident to begin. You don't need to feel like you can do it to start. You don't need to feel like you've got it in you 100% of the way because that's something that you'll go developing. I recognize I've got it in me the next two or three steps. As soon as I step onto level two, suddenly step four and five open. Then when I'm on level four, step six, seven, and eight open. You know, it's like it's it's constantly just it's evolving. It's like a beautiful snowball because that so, – so, yes, the the confidence conversation is a conversation, but it's about recognizing what are you, what do you mean when you say confidence? And what are you telling yourself that you need to be in order to begin? Because yeah. if you're telling yourself, I need to feel this and that way in order to begin, then you're going to be waiting a long time. You literally just unlocked something so huge, I think, for for everyone listening. And I and it's the thing that I preach all the time. And it's, it's the, really the muscle I had to flex over this last year is mm. just not caring anymore. Like, I feel like you know, we get tripped up on this, like, oh, you have to do it. Like you have to look a certain way to do it. Right. And then we like associate that to like confidence. Right. And I think really, you know, 
I say all the time, it's about the determination and, and your ability to keep showing up to it, which mm. is repetition. Right. And, and I think if you just like narrow it down to like the most simple thing, it's, it's any athletic sport, it's your yoga practice, it's your meditation practice, it's your, your actual academic studies. The more you do it, the better you get, which is, a you know, so really confidence is this muscle that we're flexing. Yeah. And the more that we do it, the better we are at it. So the more Mm -hmm. we coach, the better coach we are. The more we speak, the better speaker we are. You know, like my first podcast episode, (laughs) I I listen to it and I'm like, okay, so your microphone's really strong. You don't need to lean in so much. You know, it's like I learn, you know, it's like, so my last question for you then is if we know that repetition matters most, how important is it to reflect? Mm. So I will say there's two ways to, re- or there's multiple ways to reach the destination. And I'd say there's two kind of main pathways, right? The first is realizing, it goes back to the beginning, which is beautiful to kind of loop it all up. When you know who you are, when you know yourself, when you know your innate power, when you know your capacity to create, when you know that you, no matter what, you're okay. And when you know that you cannot lose because the world is working in your favor, whether you believe it is or not, it is, Right. When you know that, and then you're showing up to the repetitiveness and you're showing up to do the thing and you're showing up to show up and you're showing up consistently and you're allowing yourself to build that and to start to recognize that, again, confidence is a result, not a requirement. So you show up time and time again. That's a very, very different experience of life than showing up feeling like I don't have it. Nothing's going to work. This paranoia almost that like what's going to go wrong or of course this happened. Of course, this traffic, of course, it's just I really think it comes down to being like the cause of your life, like being responsible for your experience of life. So when you're there, reflection becomes a really beautiful add-on, a really beautiful accessory for you to anchor in the things that you've experienced, the things that you are today, what you've dropped, what you've picked up, who you decide to be along along the next the next curve of your path. Reflection then ends up being as like a just a beautiful anchor post. It's like, oh, that's right, this is home. Oh, that's right. I almost forgot for a second there. I'm I'm home and I'm always home. And all it matters, all that matters is that I'm able to just like return to this place of complete knowing. I don't think someone needs to reflect to live a really, really positive and not positive, but really powerful life. Because if you are consistently creating your life, then the reflection piece again, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing, but I don't think it's a necessary thing. I choose to do it. I love beautiful rituals once in a while. I love talking about things. I love memories. I, I love going through old photos. I love it. But do I think I would I would have less power in my life if I didn't? No. I do. I recommend it though, just for the emotional experience of feeling beautiful and fuzzy and warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I actually really like that you say that. I mean, uh, reflection is is the R in my approach that I use the arc uh, the arc method or the arc approach, um, which is my way that I you know have trademarked working with my clients. But you're totally right. You know, it's kind of like it, again, it goes back to that. Like, what are you making it mean? Like, if you don't, if you're just the person who can go then you might not need the reflection. But I think the what you brought into that, the groundedness of it, that's it. Like that yeah. that's that's the anchor that I think when you're building a business is really important to feel like, okay, 
no matter what, I'm still, I'm still who yeah. I am. Right. So I 100%. really, hundred percent. I like, I would choose reflection for that reason, time and time again, just the memory, even thinking, reflecting back on, on the experience we've had together and where we've gone and how we've grown in the last year of knowing each other less, actually yeah. less, yeah. you yeah, know, less. So yeah, I, I'm fully with it. I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful, it's like the blanket to the foundation of a, of a bed. I, that's how yeah. I see it. Who doesn't want yeah. that? But, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's how uh, I see it. And that's, that's how very I, much. that's what I'd say about it. <laughs> okay, good. I love that. Well, you know, I think that this conversation is amazing. We could obviously keep going, but, um, I, I want to acknowledge that I've seen you, uh, come online. I've seen you grow your Instagram. I've seen your, your, I mean, I'm going to say confidence, but it's not even that it's just you the way in which you show up. You know, when I, when I think of you, I think of like this fearless cheetah that is just Ugh. like moving and whether you're like running 80 miles an hour or walking, you just are very poised and proficient in, in mm. the steps that you take. And I've, and I've watched you pivot a few times, you know, we've been in conversations and you know, I just, I really am thankful for your presence in the coaching industry. I think that it's really easy in the coaching industry to, to butt up against each other and have that mindset of like, well, if Donna has more clients than I have, then I'm less successful. But it's like mm -hmm. with you, I've always felt like it's more than enough for both of us. Yeah. Um, and the, and the more I can give you feedback and support your business, the more I know there's that equal exchange in our conversation and even just energetically, like I know that you want me to win as much mm. as you want to win. So I just want to share that with you. Um, tell us where people can find you, um, any special offers that you have or any last shares before we close our time. Thank you so much, Chris. I've enjoyed this conversation so much as well. I will for always be just in awe and, and love witnessing what you're creating. I, I love it. And I'm fully for us, like for everyone winning. When I discovered that there is more than enough space for everyone, even to do the same thing, mm -hmm. there was a lot of liberation, a lot of freedom and a lot of fearlessness found in that. Um, so in terms of what I'm up to 2024, I like to say is, is, is all ours. Like it's going to be a phenomenal year. I have finally finalized the programs that I'm going to be running. It's all like the first one is very much about identity work, knowing who you are, remembering who you are is the way I like to say it. So for anyone that's interested, checking me out on Instagram would be the best place. Everything is there. Um, Dana Maria Jafar, I'm sure it'll be, it'll be written somewhere, but yep. that really is, is the best place for everyone to, to be, to, yeah, just keep, keep updated with all the magic happening on this end. Awesome. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for joining the conversation and I'm sure we'll see you back real soon. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Carissa. You're welcome. Ciao. Bye. Bye.